0: Well, welcome along to the Rugby Pass podcast, the last one for September as we head into October and business time as we would expect this time of year in the Aviva Premiership. And a pleasure to have on the Rugby Pass podcast today a man who's had more clubs than Captain Caveman, Dan Bowden, now with Bath, but formerly with pretty much every other rugby club in the world. Bowwell, wow, lovely to have you, mate. How you been?
1: Yeah, good buddy. Good, trying to survive.
0: You know what it's like. <laughs> well, I don't know what it's like. I'm not on your salary, but uh, I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're <laughs> struggling through. Uh, first of all, Bath. Uh, we need to talk about Bath, uh, Dan, the new coaching setup, Todd Blackadder, and Tabai Matson joining the club at the start of the season, and it's been a wonderful start for Bath. A lot of people talking about the club, despite the injury list. Uh, things are looking pretty good uh, for one of the more famous clubs in the UK.
1: Yeah, it's been a great start. Obviously, um, pretty. Interesting to say the least, pre season was sort of no coaches in place. It was a, um, a difficult time. We just did a lot of sort of uh, strength and conditioning until uh, until Toddy and Tabs arrived and um, look, got, got shocking straight into work with some um, platforms that they wanted put in. And um, look, mate, we got some results pretty quickly actually three wins in a row for the first three games uh, off the back of three wins in the pre season. So we were rolling. And then unfortunately, we um, got tipped up last week versus Leicester away, uh, which is always a tough place to play. But as you say, I think
0: we're doing pretty well at the moment. You, you know, I, I always think back to, to clubs like Leicester, um, which you know is my club, Bow Wow, and uh, you've been part of the Tigers' family in the past. But the, now there's a greater mobility around the clubs in, in England and in the Aviva Premiership. Was it a, a weird feeling for you to head back to Welford Road and to, and to play against your old team?
1: It actually was because um, I really, really enjoyed my time at Leicester. And, um, you know, I didn't, uh, I had the opportunity to stay on and stuff like that. And we sort of went back home, back to New Zealand for, for family reasons. But um, it was quite uh, strange coming up against them. I still speak to a lot of the boys there and have some really good friends that I've made there. And uh, the coaching staff is obviously world class. Richard Cockrell and Aaron Major doing a great job there. And they're just such a well supported team. So the fans were fantastic. On the weekend, and um, you know, I got a lot of positive messages on uh, social media and stuff. So it was different, um, but it would have been nice to get the win with was, was sweeter, but they were just too good for us on the back.
0: Did Aaron Major rub it into Tubbo Matson and Todd Blackadder, given uh, their relationship through the Crusaders in Canterbury?
1: He did, mate. He was more giving them <laughs> uh, stick at how many puddings
0: just that Tabs was having. like, as he as he had the Heathrow injection. Okay. Yeah, mate, I think so. So that copped a lot of
1: flatball it was interesting to say, least.
0: Mate, the Premiership in itself, uh, we know that it is growing ever more powerful in terms of its standing in world rugby from a club point of view. Uh, the salary cap continues to rise. Uh, the fundamental impact on that for you, Dan, what you have seen and what the Premiership is now able to attract, how much has changed since your first foray into Premiership rugby back with London Irish?
1: Mate, it's changed massively. I, um, I think the RPA came around and did a, a stat relatively recently and it's gone like the average salary has gone from, you know, around the 75, k mark to maybe like 130. Wow. Uh, now, which is a fairly large increase here. And if you, if you look at that, uh, a few years back when I first arrived, um, obviously the post-Brexit, the uh, pound's taken a dive, but that was looking at sort of 2.2 pounds in the year dollar. So... Mm. If you did some simple math, say say a person in New Zealand is earning, you know, maybe hundred fifty K and that includes um, Super Rugby and ITM Cup, sorry, Monet team Cup. You know, people are often doubling, if not tripping, their money once they make it to the premiership, and that's what sort of the, the attraction is for um, a person coming to the premiership. Uh, and then you look at those who are foreign stars coming in now and there is uh, the marquee player rule, which means uh, then they're outside the salary cap mm. uh, so God knows what they'll be getting. I've heard some figures for some of the some of the internationals Australian blood that the but Matt Tamo is in Cutley bills I've heard that you know they're well over the half a million mark so obviously you know it sets these guys up financially uh for life basically mate. so they they are big decisions that have to be made really
0: you know when you think about that that's across the board, and I know that in New Zealand rugby there's been a real move to increase. Uh, the base salaries for players, but it's very hard to be competitive unless you're at the top level of New Zealand rugby in terms of those salaries that are offered not only in the Aviva Premiership but also in the top 14. Are we going to see uh, this continue to grow? Are we going to see more players leaving Sanzar competitions earlier to take advantage of increased salaries in the UK?
1: Um, well, being someone that's sort of done both and gone back and then come back in, I, I personally think I think we will. Um, obviously each person has their own personal circumstances and their reasons for moving or staying in New Zealand. Um, but I think the fact of the matter is is that the money on offer overseas is always going to be higher than what's on offer in New Zealand, unless you're a multi-year veteran of Super Rugby who can qualify. I think for the um sort of that longevity scheme that they're sort of having now, and or you know, an international and all-black. So um, if you're sort of, an, you know, a three- or four-year Super Rugby player, um, not on that sort of all-black um, picking order as such, then I think you will, mate, because um, when they sort of get to 27, 28, they've probably got to start thinking about, you know, how many years left do I have in the game and what can I make the most out of it financially? And yeah. no one really... Um, no one really like blames the players or anything It's just part and parcel of the business uh but I think mate, if I think the actor at home is working hard to try and get some bonuses involved, and I know that um there's minimum things in place uh except for four minor ten cup uh, minimum salaries and minimum salaries and separate. but as I say, the gap is still always going to be bigger over here.
0: What about stylistically? We we know that over the years, there's been some criticism of the way that the English clubs approach the game. And we know that within the premiership itself, there is still room for different styles of play. Different teams bring different strengths to proceedings. But are we seeing a game that is developing? And again, I, I take you back, Dan, to the starting point for you in the premiership with London Irish, uh, till now where you are with Bath. Uh, are we seeing teams be more adventurous or are there still the fundamental foundations of what we've come to know at British rugby as in place in the competition?
1: Um, there's definitely both. If you look at, I think, the majority of sides now, um, well, we get stats handed twice every week, but across the board, every team is trying to play more. Um, I think that over the last three or four rounds, I think the average points um, scored and conceded is much higher than it has been in the last two or three years. Mm. Uh, For example, uh, we scored 50-odd points in the second game, almost 40 in the third, uh, 35, 37 were scored against us Mm. on the weekend. So there is some much higher score matches. There was a couple of 35, 36-point draws over the first and second weeks. Um, So teams are scoring more points, but Fundamentally, um, the side who has the most success is still Saracens after they won the double the Premiership end, in Europe last year. And their, their game's still heavily based on set-piece to kick chase. Um, what's What I find interesting the most is probably the way that England adapted under Eddie Jones and, and the way they went down to Australia. They played some pretty expansive rugby that I don't think anyone saw coming. And obviously, you know, they racked up some pretty big scores against Australia. So... What I think will continue to happen is a mixture of both, again, some elements of the Saracens game, which are basically a test match rugby, to then taking some some of the free-flowing stuff that's decided to come in. If <clears throat> so you think there's a lot of Southern Hemisphere coaches now in the Premiership and a lot of Southern Hemisphere players, and, and mirrored that with some young English, English talent. There's actually you know, the ability uh, for them to score points. So it's just a shame that England's not going to play New Zealand for such a long time.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, that's become the big talking point in Test Rugby, though, hasn't it? You're on the Rugby Pass podcast with Dan Bowden, Scotty Stevenson with you today. Dan Bowden with Bath and the Aviva Premiership as we discuss all things British rugby on this cast. And I guess the England All Black Test now, it's almost at fever pitch level and we're still two years away. Has this been a masterstroke of Eddie Jones to set this up as the battle for rugby supremacy from a very early point of view, knowing, Dan, that he doesn't have to prove that for a couple of seasons?
1: Yeah, I think so, mate. Obviously, I'm very good friends with a couple of these boys who so are in uh, the England side. I spent a lot of time with George Ford, and uh, he's pretty much in the driver's seat for England uh, these days at 10. And uh, just the way Eddie Jones uh, goes about his business, you know, he compares everything they do to the All Blacks and, and how they can get better and um, where they need to be constantly comparing their sort of statistics and the way they play the game to the All Blacks. So I think it's a bit of a masterstroke in terms of the fact that he knows. Um, he's got this time to develop the team before he really comes to, you know, the assets put on them and they play them. So um, as they go about their business at the moment, they're sort of conquering uh, everyone they come across. So until that happens, you know, we're not really going to know who's the best.
0: <laughs> George Ford, uh, you know, he leads the competition and try assists this season, and we know he's a talented man, and he is just growing and growing as a rugby player. Was identified early through that under twenties program. Uh, but now he's a fixture in the team. What's he like as a first five, Dan? And, and what's he like as a game manager?
1: Oh, oh, Mate, I could describe him in But I'll tell you, <laughs> one of the things that makes him so good. Uh, one of the things that makes him so good is he, he's obsessive. Like he literally is obsessive. He <clears throat> he trains the house down, and he goes home. And he, I lived with him for for a few months when I first. I've been, I've known him a number of years uh, for, through first meeting him at Leicester Tigers. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, he just constantly doing analysis with its training of games. Um, his man management, sorry, game management skills are fantastic. That the club gives him uh, the license to go ahead and he he does most of the analysis, uh, the attack for the upcoming games we're playing against and looks at the trends and patterns that teams are doing against us. So he's a very smart kid and, um, you know, he comes from a massive rugby background as far as obviously. Been an international coach and player, and then coaching Bath and now Toulon, and, and his brothers played professionally. So it's just that he made. Um, he's very, very good at his age. I think if you have to think, he's only about 22 or maybe 23, and he's already racked up 30 plus test. I think, <coughs> excuse me, and and won numerous individual awards. So I think at the moment, I think Toddie came over and gave a pretty big rap, saying, you know. Um, he could end up being Dan Car- England's Dan Carter and um, at the moment this really bowden Barrett and him as the two premier teams in the world.
0: Yeah, were you coughing because you were choking on all the compliments you had to pay an Englishman then? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was pretty tough to be honest. Because <laughs> now, probably, if he ever heard this, I'll
0: never hear the end of it. You can hear it, of course. RugbyPass dot com. We're on the podcast. It's our final one for September. We're speaking with Dan Bowden out of the Bath Club in the Premiership. I want to talk a couple of other players. Maro Atouj is getting a lot of uh, airtime over there, Dan, and uh, his stats have been insane over the first few rounds of the Premiership. He is some kind of uh, back rower in this competition. Uh, is this the sort of archetypal player that Eddie Jones is looking for?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, um, it's been around for a while, isn't it, this player who can play locked, can play six, and he's basically a hybrid, can play both, very well, plays um, both for Saracens and, and for internationally as well. <coughs> Excuse me, and he has some freakish stats, like, um, I think he played in 24 games, in one or 24 games, including mm. test matches last year, which is, a phenomenal record for a man of his age. And um, inside that just the personal accolades he's won again like numerous individual awards. But when you go through his game it's he's probably not the player he's not a typical player what I thought he would be, if so that makes sense. He's more like um, he's more workman like I thought mm-hmm. and because of his athleticism, he'd be ranging wide and throwing miracle ball offloads. But he actually has that as well as sort of the Brad Thorn type Grit. And I
0: know that sounds yeah. a bit strange. To well, no, no, it's, it's exactly that's, like that. But no, I agree does, with you, yeah. mate, because he's got all these attributes. When you think he's going to be that guy who's going to just be a camera time player, but when you go through his numbers, he's made fifty-two tackles. He leads the tackle count. I mean, that's the sort of work rate that that the that, that, that a team like England, that a team like Saracens, is built upon. It
1: does, and it's funny because um, he often comes up in these preview clips. He's looking at of, um, he just counter rucks by himself and just smashes rucks a bit. So. <laughs> You've got two or three people just yelling over the ball and he's just piling in and, and just destroying rucks. So he's that tall style of play. As well. very destructive, um, carries well, and uh, as you say, just makes truckloads of tackles. And that's all you need is a team like carries And again, obviously, England, they base a lot of their um, their game plan on sort of attacking defense, like a lot of line speed and, and creating turnovers from that. And, and I think Eddie Jones is, um, has got a bit of a godsend fall into that there. This kid's pretty special.
0: I want to talk to you about someone closer to home in terms of stat leaders in the competition, and that is uh, Samisa Rokaduguni. Uh, look, he leads the meters. He leads clean breaks. He leads defenders beaten. The man is a one-man wrecking ball for you blokes at Bath. Uh, this is one special player.
1: It's, um, it's if I put it in the way, it, probably didn't sound right, but it's a bit of a travesty. I he's only got one international cap because I think the rest of the world needs to see how good he is. Um, mm. He literally has uh, I sound like a bit of a stats hero, but he I think over the last three or four years he's been in something like ninety nine defenders, which is just phenomenal. <laughs> so um Is he covered over, in bees? Uh, he, ever, he averages something like five or six defenders beating the game, which mm. is just freakish. And again on the weekend we were in a, a badly beaten side. We can see the thirty points, but I think he made a few line breaks and he scored a try from about fifty out of a crossfield kit just made JP Peterson look like he was stuck in cut sand and took off.
0: <laughs> That's not easy to do. No, not at no not at all, mate. So this guy's just he's just a wonderful talent.
1: Um he's been around. He's got a he's got a great story. Obviously you would have known he's he's a uh, serving soldier in the army he's a tank driver. Mm. So he's got a lot of he's got a, he's got a great story and he's just a great guy. Um as I said, it's a shame he didn't play more idea I dare say that he'd play a hell of a lot more for England this year. Mm. Um, just the way things have panned out the way how good he's been and and probably the form of others and he really deserves to be mate he's a one man wrecking ball
0: I've got to be honest with you and I I know this sounds a bit weird because I'm in New Zealand talking on the Rugby Pass podcast you're in Bath and we're talking about stat leaders in the premiership but we, we can't talk about stat leaders without covering off another couple of Kiwis Jimmy Gopith, who must be 60 by now, leading on the point-scoring table. <laughs> and uh, and the most carries in the comp, I think, as per usual, uh, two Tank Waldrum. Uh, the, these two players, these two veteran Kiwis who have spent a long time now in the Premiership, still leading the way. Does that say something about the value placed on experience by the English clubs in particular?
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, they're just both... Um it sounds funny because Thomas is uh, of a larger variety, but they keep themselves <laughs> in great shape. So, um, because they're, uh, they're so robust, you know they're available to play week in, week out, uh, yeah. they're dependable. And, and Kiwis have always gone so great in this competition, so they've got a great reputation uh, to start with. But um, for Jimmy to start with, obviously, he at WASP this year, um, he's actually even playing a little bit out of a position at 12 yeah. uh, and just been superb goal-kicking like wonderfully well, um, tr- scoring tries, try assists. They just really run the clock back. And I think um, I think he might be at like 34, 33, 34. And that's the same with uh, Barney thomas Waldron, Just same thing. I think last two years, he's been uh, top try-scorer in the Premiership, which is just, uh, again, a ridiculous feat for a number 8. Mm. Um, he's particularly and, and hungry. He is very, very, very. Anyone inside the five-meter line, he basically trips up the guy, <laughs> mate. It's quite sad. Um, but uh, look, mate, he he loves a meat pie, and dotting down is probably something that you know gets him home. But he's um he, again dependable, plays weak in, week out, not injured, doesn't go away for international games. They're like sort of the yeah. bread and butter player you want for sort the of Premiership, and on the back of the way Exeter play with just a strong maul. Um, he scores just, you know, again, he scores try after try. So they've been great guys, mate, and they've really rewarded um, sort of the club with the, the faith they're showing in them as well.
0: Right, let's uh, talk turkey, mate, as we wrap up the podcast this week here on Rugby Pass. <coughs> uh, Dan Bowden, a lot of people in English rugby think, shut the gate, close the doors, Saracens win the title, and it's game over. What would you say to those people?
1: It's um, <laughs> a very good question because... Uh, Garrison's a very, very good side. Well coached, obviously, some world class players. But I think um, this year, probably more so than the last couple, there's a couple of teams that have the ability to to tip them up. I'd say uh, Wasps are one of them. Mm. Uh, Exeter played them recently and didn't go so well. And the uh, Exeter side, they've been building for about five or six years. Yeah. You know, great. Um, Homegrown players uh, and a good coach in uh, Rob Baxter, well supported by some international uh, imports, are mainly from Australia. Um, and then on our day, I'd say you know we can go pretty good against some Bath. We've got a, a great roster. We several fronts back from injury, um, and again same with Leicester. So as usual, I'd say there is the a usual suspects, but I think this year the gap is closing as opposed to last year they were just far too good. They had say, they won the double, and you know they didn't look like getting beaten to be honest. But this year. Um, they've probably got, you know, one hand on it, but everyone else is reaching a bit closer as well.
0: Good man. And finally, mate, what about your lovely partner who uh, is just as good a footballer as you ever were? What's going on there? Is she full retirement or a thing of a comeback? Or What's going on?
1: Uh, Mate, she's been coerced a few times to try and come out of retirement. Uh, She almost went to the World Cup uh, recently with, sorry, to the Olympics. Uh, with New Zealand but I managed to keep her at home here um, so she's gonna uh, she's gonna stay retired for now we've got another one uh, another little baby expecting in January mate so she's um, a bit tied up at the moment yeah,
0: a little bit you've crushed her dreams Bowden well done mate
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's had her time, mate. She's had her time. <laughs> hey mate it's always a
0: pleasure to catch up with you thanks for being our guest this week on the Rugby Pass podcast good luck to you and your bath team this week pal who have you got Sale Sharks, is it? We've got we've got, uh, Gloucester we've got this Gloucester, week.
1: Gloucester, which is the uh, the local, local derby. Of area, course. So should be a cracker.
0: No, I look forward to it. Well done, Dan. Uh, Dan, thanks very much for your time again, mate. We'll talk soon. No
1: worries, buddy.
0: Cheers. There we go. Dan Bowden on the Rugby Pass podcast. Today, that's our last one for September, back in October. Of course, next week, in fact. And you can catch all the action from the Aviva Premiership and the Test Matches and the Sanzar Cops right here on RugbyPass.com.